What's up, guys? Kevin Wagstaff here with Spector Spotlight. We got Tom George on today, and this is a great conversation because new inspectors and first couple year inspectors typically think the only way is go work for a multi or build your own thing up over time. And Tom shows there is another route buying into an existing business and taking it over. So very refreshing to hear another route. And he talks through a lot of specifics. So fun to just hear whether you're uh, thinking about doing this or not, or didn't know it was a possibility at all. Um, I think Tom goes in depth and, and speaks pretty eloquently about this. So hope you enjoy it. And uh, we'll see everyone soon. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. You guys, the support, the notes I'm getting are amazing. So please keep them coming. Keep guest recommendations coming and share the podcast. That's what helps me um, keep doing this and putting time and energy and effort into it is more people listening to it. So share it with your community, with other inspectors. Um, I appreciate it greatly. So thanks everybody. Thanks for being willing to do this too. I know Lorna is reaching out to a ton of people. And when you popped up, I was like, oh, we've been meaning to do this for years, but obviously you've been busy buying, running, growing a business. Sure. Yeah, um, but how's this past year been? How, how has this past year treated you? Um, Cause you're down in Colorado Springs. What uh, I'm always curious what, how people reacted March, April, when, when shit kind of hit the fan. So April, we had a very rough month. Uh, I'm looking at our numbers over here. But after that, I mean, we had record, you know, breaking months for three or four months in a row. So um, we were up a lot. So April was rough, but the following months made up for it and then some. So was that what you expected? Or was it kind of like, hey, none of us know what the hell's going on? <laughs> Oh, uh, I had no idea what to expect or what to plan for. We just had to, you know, pray and hope for the best. And it, it luckily all worked out. But, um, you know, I was an IEB at the time and I was really relying on them to kind of tell me what to do. And that was great to have them to give guidance and things like that. But uh, I don't think anybody knew. So, no. no. We were all just making it up as we went and we were the same way here. We were just like, we froze up for a couple of weeks and then we were like all looking around and thinking, okay, I think we all might be okay. Right. Um, well, let's jump right into your background, man, because uh, it's super fascinating. It's, it's the most fascinating, I think, part of your journey uh, because you've kind of done it all. You started your own thing, you went and worked for a company and then you bought into a company. And so yeah. I think this is going to be hugely helpful for, for all walk all from inspectors from all walks of life. Um, so if you don't mind just doing the whole stepping through kind of the journey from the beginning about five years ago, does that sound right? right? Four or five years ago. Yep. It's been about four and a half years, roughly. So since we met up at Internachi, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I got started, um, I guess going way back, I was just always in construction and things like that. And uh, when I, I eventually joined the army and when I got out of the army, I kept applying uh, to various jobs. Um, I was in the infantry, which doesn't exactly set you up for anything. So <laughs> I had totally random jobs and I kept having people who were interviewing me, they would like look at my resume and they would be like, you should be a home inspector. No kidding. Yeah, it happened, uh, it happened three times. And on the third <laughs> time, I was like, man, I should look into this. So that's how I found Internachi as I started researching it. And I realized that um, basically the biggest, you know, home inspector association in the world was 
two hours away from me. So I definitely took that from a, you know, from God as a sign. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where I met you. I went up and did the five day training and uh, I met you on the fifth day. And um, I originally started my own company. I was originally Cheyenne Home Inspections, named after my five-year-old daughter now. But uh, I did that for about a couple months. And I remember you had recommended that I reach out to another inspector here in town who was doing really well, doing a multi-inspector. So I did that and I worked for them for not very long, maybe three months and uh, decided to go back out on my own. And then I did it for about a year and I was starting to get some good traction and things were going well. And then I met another local inspector named Lance who Mm -hmm. was the previous owner of my company. And uh, he asked me to come work for him. And um, he gave me a little bit of um, what his plan was. He basically told me that he was interested in getting out of it, but it was like years later. He, He was like, you know, five years, I might want to get out of it. And then I would probably sell my business but I would like to bring on an employee and kind of groom them for that. So I was super intrigued by that because I had always known of him. Um, I think everybody in Colorado Springs, you know, knows of him. So uh, I went and sat down with him. And next thing I know, I shut down Cheyenne Home Inspections and uh, was an employee of his. And we slowly got a plan together for me to buy the business. And it was a super wild ride because it was supposed to be like, I think our original plan was two years. Mm -hmm. We, he was going to uh, groom me and we had this plan that um, would ultimately take about two years. And I think I actually owned his company like nine months after meeting him. (laughs) Uh, Our plan didn't go according to plan at all. Yeah. Once we started talking to, you know, uh, a lawyer and a lender and things like that they kind of told us that our plan didn't make any sense so they put us on the right track and uh it just got uh it got it it sped up a lot but so yeah that's kind of how i came to to own this lance ended up working for me um as just an inspector for about a year and then about a year ago he he retired fully so wow when did, this is great. I have so many questions and, and for anything that you don't feel like diving into, don't, don't feel like you need to only speak about what you're comfortable speaking about, um, on specifics, but I think it's super interesting that most inspectors don't know anything about this world and this side of the business. Um, when did you meet Lance or how did you meet him? So I met Lance, um, internet, she called me one day and asked if I was going to the local chapter meeting and I didn't know what they were talking about. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't know yeah. there was a So I looked into it and I went to the chapter meeting that night and I sat next to Lance and we barely talked at all. Um, I I don't even think we said like two words to each other just because there's so many people and then you got a speaker. Um, But he called me like the next day and he basically told me that he Facebook stalked me and that he loved my online, uh, you know, social media presence. He loved, uh, the, he said like go-getter attitude and uh, that was the stuff that he struggled with, you know, kind of a generational thing. Like yeah. I was a little better with some of that stuff than he was and that was the side that he wanted to get better at. So 
he saw kind of my strengths, I guess, in my social media. And uh, that's why he reached out to me. And then, you know, after knowing him for a while, he told me that he was always looking. He would meet people at the international meetings and he would check them out. And, but he never actually reached out to anybody. So. Wow. So he kind of found you. That's amazing. First of all, and, and who would have thought an Internachi chapter meeting? Um, yeah. You know, I've been meaning to just check one out because it's the one up here. It's like out of Perkins or something. <laughs> I never ended up going to it. But the networking, uh, that's pretty amazing. So he found you kind of kind of targeted you in a sense um, for kind of the, the savvy, you know, business growth mindset that you had. So then from there, was it just like, hey, come work for me, would love to have someone like this on the team? Or did it start right away with, hey, I'm eventually looking for a successor? So even in the very first phone call, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I remember my wife was like, who are you on the phone with? And I was like, <laughs> he's like, Lance Lance? And I was like, yeah, because I told her I met him last night. And uh, um, she saw like the, because like I said, I, I've always known of him. And um so, but yeah, in that very first phone call, he had told me like, I'm interested in, you know, passing this along to somebody else. So when we were doing, I think the, the way that we first started was, uh, I just did ride alongs with him, you know, cause I was my first year. So I was relatively slow. I was probably doing like five inspections a week. Um, so I would just spend my off time with him. And yeah, even in those first couple of ride alongs, we were, I remember I had a notepad and I was asking him like, okay, what are your expenses? Like what, you know, how many inspections do you do? I was like running the numbers to see like if buying this was a yeah. uh, possibility someday. So yeah, that was the plan. Like from the very start is just the plan on how to make it happen was completely um, changed, but it, it went from two years to, like I said, well, much less than a year. And um I always see people talk about how you can't buy a business, how, especially this business, how this is a relationship business. You're, you know, the home inspector is the business and et cetera. And I agree with that in most situations, but it can be done. You can do it right. Um, So we, from the get go for that first year where I was basically just an employee, I was just an inspector. We, uh, we had a plan in the first year. This is what we're going to do, which of course that got shortened, but uh, Lance told everybody, every realtor that we were doing inspections for Lance came to all my inspections and he would basically just sit there and talk to him. And he told him, you know, the plan, like Tom's taking over the business. Um, and it was kind of strange. Cause I could always hear everything he was saying <laughs> like, he was, like, up and telling people how great I was and, telling them about my construction background and everything that I was implementing into the business because we didn't originally use Spectora. I used Spectora, he didn't. So when it was kind of funny because when we first started, I was using Spectora for our clients, but Mm -hmm. when he inspections, he would use his old (laughs) and he would attach it and he would publish an attachment but I eventually, when we had some slow time, I got him trained up and everything. But so he would always be in the kitchen, you know, talking to the agent and telling him about how I helped him implement this and I made this better and et cetera. So it was always awkward because I could hear that. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the big ways that he made it work was that I had a long time to meet agents and to get in front of them and for them to become comfortable with me. 
and uh, for him to basically talk me up and to tell them the plan so that they weren't blindsided. So when people talk about how you can't buy a home inspection business, well, that's, that's probably assuming that just one day, like the hard cut over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would, that would never work. No. And so this is, that's, um, that's amazing to hear first of all. And like, that's just the absolute right way to do it. Um, so he was kind of teeing you up and then during those inspections, I'm guessing you would come over, shake hands. They'd kind of, you know, each agent would get a feel for you and who you are, right? To kind of say, okay, he's an extension of you, Lance, basically. Because if that's what they bought into was Lance, right? probably want to feel like, okay, is this Tom, is, this Tom, he's a, is he a good guy? You know, is he going to do the similar job? And, and I'm guessing that's right. kind of what happened, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, we started slow where um, he would kind of do the whole review with the clients at the end. And I would just answer questions if it was specific to what I had inspected or whatever, but mm-hmm. eventually full review. And, um, there was even times where he was coming for the first like half hour of my morning appointment and he would introduce me and tell them they were in good hands and et cetera, et cetera. And then I would finish the whole inspection and I would go to my afternoon one and he would come at the end after, and he would do one in the middle of the day. So, but he was always there. So it made people comfortable because like they know that Lance is at least going to come. Yeah. That's obviously an inconvenience. Like that, that kind of stinks to have to, you know, always make an appearance at your um, inspector's inspection, but that's how we made it work. Um, I definitely didn't retain every agent. There are a ton of agents. I'm sure that we're like, Oh, Lance doesn't own it anymore, mm-hmm. but we definitely retained most of them. Um the business as far as the number of inspections and the amount of revenue and everything has uh, definitely proven that it can be done. It just has to be done carefully. Yes. And so for anyone that's listening, that is on the, maybe the sell side of this or later in their career, I, I think if people have naive visions of, yeah, one day you just ring the register and then you turn over a list of emails and like, no, this is the hard, this is the reason why someone would pay whatever multiple you paid or whatever, you know, whatever formula multiplier of revenue or number of inspections, no one's going to pay if it's just a hard cut. Here's a bunch of emails you reach out cold. Like it's gotta be this smooth transition. So I love that you kind of explained that. Cause I think it could happen more in the industry. If people are, if the, if the sellers are willing to kind of slowly hand the baby over as opposed to sure. just thinking, the entitlement. I think that's what bothers me is sometimes is that you hear the entitlement of I've worked 30 years at this of 20 years at this, I should just get a million dollars and not have to do anything. It's like the, it's the sense I get from some um, owners and it couldn't be further from the truth. It's like, no one's going to pay you that um, without setting them up for success. Right. Um, talk me through that fear though of, Oh man, like this is a relationship service business what if it doesn't work out or what if people, you know, what if, what if it doesn't like, at what point were you fully like pot committed and saying like, okay, this has to work out. I have to get these people to like me the way they like Lance. Um, and was there any fear of like, man, what if they do just drop off and I just paid a bunch of money for. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, uh, very nerve wracking experience going through the loan process and, uh, you know, I had a closing date, just like when you buy a home and okay. leading closing date was pretty terrifying. And I actually kind of remember wanting to 
not that I would have, but I, I remember having like definitely second thoughts at the very mm-hmm. right closing. Um, and I, my wife kind of convinced me like, it's going to be fine. If, you know, um, but yeah, it was a terrifying process. I, I remember thinking like, what if all the agents just leave and mm-hmm. I don't any of them. And I basically bought a business for no reason. Um, but honestly, the biggest fear that I had was what if I'm buying a business that I could have just built um, with a little bit more time, you know, cause the amount of inspections that we were doing, I probably could have gotten to that point at some, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then I wouldn't have had a big uh, loan payment. Mm-hmm. But one of the ways I kind of justified it was I asked a lot of inspectors like how they did their marketing and um, what those um, approaches cost. And of course, a lot of people use like Google AdWords and things like that. Well, I was, I kind of calmed myself down and talked myself into, um, you know, staying the course by, I realized that what most people were spending on marketing was much, much more than what my loan payment was going to be. Um, so that, that made me feel a lot better that yeah. there's people out there that are spending thousands of dollars on Google AdWords or, um, you know, even like the candy bowls and just buying lunches and all that stuff to where um, the numbers made sense. And then it also was a lot better because I had to get a business appraisal. So it really is like very similar to buying a house. But yeah. I had a professional take all of our tax documents from um, like six years before then and they appraised the business and it appraised for more than twice what I paid for it. So that obviously made me feel a lot better. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I love comparing it to this because I've seen over the years inspectors take mostly that route of build it myself. And it's a long, slow grind, um, you know, for most. And I think if you know the numbers and you're saying, wow, I'm just going to shortcut this by transferring that, um, I guess, credibility, you know, it's like coming out of his body into yours. And I just see this business as being so about word of mouth and momentum and these accumulative rewards of three agents in an office that use you the fourth one's more likely to use you because they talk to the other three and that takes years to build up. And so I love this. Um, I completely love the fact that you, oh, and SEO value. That's what I wanted to say. Um, Lance had done a great job over the years and I, I knew his name personally and I'm actually Googling it right now, home inspector, Colorado Springs. Cause you, you're kicking ass down there. Um, and you've helped him, you've helped him solidify that and keep those rankings because I think he was in danger of losing them. To be honest, if, if a, an older operator gets to rank first off the credibility and the domain that's been around right. for 20 years and they don't do anything, um, they can drop. Whereas like you hammered home on the reviews and, and content and SEO, but that's a great reason, right? I'm sure that factored in to say, gosh, when you Google Home Inspector Colorado Springs, you see yeah. it's nice. You see yeah, it at the top. <laughs> absolutely. And that's how I always knew of him. Um, when I when I sat down to him, you know, at that international meeting, I knew exactly who he was because I've always seen his website just by doing my own research. And um, I don't know if you remember this, but you helped me with my Google AdWords years and years ago. And mm-hmm. when we were doing all that, um, he was I there. Always, yeah, he was kind of my the one I was competing with. So um, yeah, the SEO presence, the phone number. I mean, we had an employee that worked for Lance 
years before I even was around and we still get phone calls, you know, for him, we get phone calls for, you know, that Lance inspected their house in 2007 and things like that. So phone number, um, it's kind of shocking that people would not just Google because I would just Google home inspector. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I would just assume that maybe those people weren't around anymore or whatever, but uh, yeah, they we just still save get phone- like save the number under like home inspector Lance or something. So then they just type it in their phone at some point. And well, I think they probably have a PDF printed. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so right. Um, so what were some of those things that sped up the transaction? I'm curious, kind of like what what um you know whether it's the loan officers or the business folks um like to what you're willing to share like what what made it be like okay guys you got to make this happen faster um well the biggest thing was that he thought that he would be comfortable selling it because lance was all about he wanted to set me up for success he had zero interest in selling it if he didn't think that it would work Great guy, so, by the way, like he, you know, I, I met him up in the internet, just seemed like a stand-up guy. And the fact, the way he's handled this, what I've heard from you makes me be like, that's the way to, to have a legacy and actually kind of fade right off into the sunset with grace. So. Absolutely. Yeah. He wanted uh, to be able to have enough time to where he felt comfortable handing it over. Um, and we thought that time was going to, you know, be a lot longer, but it wasn't um, like six months later and he was feeling pretty comfortable. But the biggest thing was that our original plan was for me to just pay him directly mm-hmm. every month. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we talked to a lawyer, they basically said that that would never work because like if we had a plan where like, say it was going to take uh, 12 years to pay it off. Well, every year you would own one twelfth of the business. So I wouldn't have control of anything. Right. Uh, I wouldn't, I would have to run everything past him and, we both were like, well, I don't want that. So that was when we were like, okay, well, so we have to get an actual loan. I have to get an actual small business loan. And uh, we started going that route. And it was really tricky because we, we read about so many programs, especially, especially with me being a veteran, like there's supposedly so many uh, programs and advantages and benefits. And everything we tried, uh, they didn't really exist. They no were, kidding. Yeah. It was always like, Oh yeah, that was last year. Like that. Uh, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the loan process was kind of a pain in the butt, but it all in all, that's how we ended up doing it was I just got a small business loan. We had a contract written up by a lawyer. Um, I got a business appraisal. What else? It, that was about it. It was really those three things, but, and then Lance got, like, we went to, um, the bank on closing day and he got a check for the entire sum and um it's pretty smooth and you know you hear about you know for anyone that even who sees headlines of like money being cheap right now and like there there is a lot of money to be lent and borrowed um especially sba you know in the tech world lots of people are just literally getting sba loans to acquire businesses and going that route because buying is easier than building when money is cheaper to borrow. And so um, I imagine the, the, the rate is um, pretty reasonable given where overall interest rates are right now. Um, and so for, for some of those new guys that are thinking about it, it doesn't always have to be your money in the bank. Um, you know, a, a large loan at a reasonable interest rate isn't much different than another mortgage, but then you have this asset 
that's producing cash every day and every week. And so it's kind of a finance, it's like a financial engineering game in a sense is the way I think of it. Um, we, if you had to do this, like, would you have done this from the beginning or would you have gone through what you went through because of what you learned in terms of starting your own thing and then working for another company, like that insights you've gained, or would you have been like, man, this would have been way easier if I just, <laughs> if I just acquired this business from the beginning. <laughs> uh, I'd probably do it the same way. I, I think that there's a lot of people out there who want to be inspectors and they always go straight to that. They have to start their own business. Um, because that most people who have gotten home inspections probably had one guy with a pickup and, um, but I think it's important to consider the other options and I, not everybody is meant to, you know, be a inspection company owner and not everybody's meant to just be a home inspector to where, um, I learned those things through trial and error when I was just, uh, doing my own thing. I loved it, but I was aggressive. I, I was uh, hungry and it was, it was building traction, but slowly to where I liked buying a company that, you know, we were doing like in our first year, we did like a thousand inspections. Um, that was more the pace that I wanted. Yeah. But with me going to work for another multi-company here in town, um, I quickly learned that that just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think it's important to consider options and to try different options. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely do it again. I would do it the same way. Um, we have grown quite a bit because when I bought the company, I was the only employee, mm -hmm. but it's on our closing day. Our closing day was April 1st. And on April 1st, we had our first employee start. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You came in hot. You were like, all right, I got plans. We're going to scale. We're going to grow. You want to have quality of life too. You know, all the great things. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, oh, go ahead. Was, we, we never offered sewer scopes. Um, it was something that Lance was just not interested in doing. And so he subbed everything out to a uh, third-party contractor while like six months before, you know, closing day, I had uh, our third party sewer scope contractors, best employee tell me that he wanted to get into home inspections. And so, yeah, on closing day, we were offering sewer scopes and we had our first employee start and he's now a team leader here. He's been here for two years and uh, we've had several other inspectors. We've had a, you know, radon tech and an office manager and things have definitely been good. So, wow. And I, this is such an important point to me. And it, it, it makes it's, it became crystal clear when you just said this of the different skill sets it takes to grow a business. So it's like, you're talking like sales, social media, hunger, you know, pound the pavement, getting in offices, shaking hands. That's like one side of the brain and kind of one part of the body. And then you have the owner operator side where operations and efficiency and uh, maximizing value and adding services and coordinating people and logistics, completely different part of the brain that I think a lot of home inspectors are kick ass at. I think a lot of them are, are more skewed towards that side of the brain, in my opinion, um, which lends itself totally to saying, Hey, can I get into something that I can just make better? And I don't have to go shake a million hands and do a song and dance and make Google slide decks and all these things that inspectors are like, Oh, Kevin, yeah. can you guys just make that for me? I'm like, no, you've <laughs> got to grow the business. And so it, it, 
it just makes so much sense to me as I'm hearing this, where I'm like, well, shit, if you're an operator, go put yourself in a position to be a great operator. Right. Oh, and not that you can't do both, but if you had to pick one, um, but I think, I think debt scares people. Um, when in reality, people should like failure should scare people like not, not growing fast enough should scare people. Um, I think inspectors that kind of bounce along the bottom, that's, that's tough. Right. Well, yeah. And I think people just need to, if you, if you want to get into doing home inspections, you just have to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, like, do you want to be a technician? Like, are you maybe uh, the type of person who's just fascinated with houses and then maybe be a home inspector and work for a multi-company. But if you truly want to do all the other stuff, like the business side of it, the marketing side of it, um, that's, that's honestly my favorite part about this job is that I, I'm not naturally good at those things. The, the amount of things that I've had to learn since starting doing this, um, it's, it's pretty amazing to You've grown so much, man. It's insane. Like every time we talk, I'm like, dude, I'm like, Thomas, he's just learning so much and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but that's my favorite part is that you're kind of forced to get outside your comfort zone and do things that you might not want to do or be comfortable. Um, my big leap in 2021 is to do more like agent presentations and things like that. And that's the last thing that I want to do, but <laughs> yeah. I do like that it forces me to do it. And um, it, it almost makes me start to like it maybe not love it but start to like it but uh yeah I, i'm i was just thinking the other day i was like you know we have a youtube channel that i started and uh i got i've gotten pretty good at editing videos on um you know adobe premiere and i recently started using canva and like doing all of our own marketing stuff now and like that's the stuff that i was like two years ago i was like i don't know how to do that i'll have to hire somebody for that but it's uh that's, that's my favorite part is getting to learn. Um, obviously, it's great as a technician getting to learn more and more every day on houses and things like that. But learning about how to hire and how to motivate your team and things like that, uh, just constant gro like personal growth um, is, is the best thing in the world to me. Oh, and you've gotten to like fast forward, you know, you like jumped ahead a couple years by doing it the way you did. And to me, it's, it's, I agree with you that like all the things as a you know business owner myself, when I'm out of the comfort zone, I gain, you gain a little confidence doing it and then you start to like it and the, all the assets and marketing you're doing, they're seen by so many more people. So it's more motivating. Whereas if you, you know, if you're a single inspector, have a like hundred agents or so, like each thing you create gets seen only by a small handful of people because you're not a big, you know, big company and have a big footprint, but like I can see where that's way more fun because you're literally doing it for a business that's been around for what, 15, 20 years? Uh, just, um... Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. Um, do you believe that in every city or town that there's a Lance out there? I do. Um... Cause I absolutely think so. I bet you I could Google every single decent sized city comparable to Colorado Springs, find a Lance that probably thinks like Lance looking for, right. you know, their Tom. I would certainly think so. And I think most of them, if they don't learn that this is a possibility, 
or if uh, an inspector doesn't approach them and present this as a possibility, they're probably just going to change number. Yeah, change their phone number and turn their website off. So um, there's just there's a lot more options than what people think. So, but it's just so funny because yeah, I, I always hear it that it's a relationship business. You can't sell a home inspection company. Um, I know that if I was to build something from scratch or if for anybody out there listening who is going to build something from scratch, just always keep in mind selling it, um, you know, get people in positions, get systems in place. Um, I have a really good friend who is a local contractor and I, we always talk shop because his business is very relatable to mine. Um, but it is different, but I'm always like, man, you're the only employee. Like you, you got to get people in these positions and you got to get systems so that you can take time off and et cetera. And then years from now you could sell it, but right. The way it sits right now, like if you didn't come in tomorrow, you know, and I think I, I might've even heard this on a Spectora Spotlight podcast, but you're not a uh, business owner. You're an income producer. So mm-hmm. when I first started thinking about that, it definitely started to change how I was building the business um, and what kind of positions we have and things like that. But yeah, you have to think of those things from the absolute start. Um, there's too many people out there who are, you know, IEB always talks about this. Like there's so many people who are like, well, nobody can do it better than me, et cetera, et cetera. But <laughs> that's a mindset that you, you have to deal with at some point. And it's probably better to do it sooner than later. And our industry is so bad with it um, because it's so hands-on and because you have, you know, a lot of guys with pride and the, you know, the craftsmanship pride and um, yeah, it, 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 this is, I was so excited for this conversation purely because I read on forums and chats and talk to inspectors. I think every day who don't have a plan, who aren't thinking what's my exit strategy someday. Um, and it terrifies me, you know, cause you think of the different professions that maybe have a pension or people that put away in their 401ks automatically. I don't know how you have to be disciplined as an inspector and as a, a sole proprietor or however the business is set up with your retirement accounts. And that's right. like getting into personal finance and stuff. But I just fear that a lot of these older inspectors, they kind of have just been living day to day, week to week, month to month and not thinking, okay, can, could I get a couple hundred thousand bucks someday to kind of help with my retirement or whatever the price is? Um, I just think it's way more, I think it's happening barely at all, but I think, I don't know what percent it is, whether it's five, 10, 15% of businesses should be transferred in this way, because think of it from the agent perspective, when you're just kind of like one guy just disappears, you're kind of wanting them to bring you a successor. You know, from the agent standpoint, I would just be like, uh, okay, I guess I'll just Google it and, <laughs> you know, and just go find the next guy. Uh, it's nice to have a warm intro. So I think the fears are overblown of how difficult it can be. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's switch gears to some fun stuff for you. Like how, how big do you want this to get? How big do you want to be? I know anyone that, you know, touches IEB, you know, obviously starts thinking they want to take over the world, which is a great <laughs> thing in most ways, but yeah. What's your vision? Well, I don't have as aggressive as a growth plan as what most people would probably assume. 
Um, it's totally okay. I think, I think it's sometimes when I hear some people saying like, Oh yeah, we want to be in multiple countries and universes and galaxies. I'm just like, okay, slow down. Uh, <laughs> you got to well, like, you have to grow at a reasonable rate or obviously the quality goes down and things like that. We have only hired, um, we've basically tried to hire like one person every like nine months, anything less than that, like that's just too fast. I, you know, you're going to lose control of that quality. Um, but I do have, my inspector who's been with me the longest, the one who started on our closing day, he lives in Littleton and he drives to Colorado Springs every single day. So, yeah, we've recently talked about like, maybe we should just expand to Littleton, you know, let's go to the South Denver Metro area so that he can uh, stop commuting so much. Um, but I know that that will take off really quickly and then we'll have to hire another person that lives up there and then eventually, a, you know, a team leader of those people. And yeah. so that's where we're uh, leaning towards is kind of expanding um, north and, you know, maybe south. But we just opened a, it's kind of in the process right now, um, what we're calling like a home maintenance division. So we're going to start offering home maintenance plans for homeowners. So that's our 2021 uh, big push. So love that. So what, what would that look like? Hey, if your furnace goes out or, you know, you need dishwasher repair within the first year, second year, or how's it? So we're actually only going to be doing like routine home maintenance. Um, you know, of course there's a lot of home inspectors that are like, Oh, you, you can't do repairs. Well, I do agree that it's a huge conflict of interest for a home inspector to go into a home and inspect it and then to offer to do repairs. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, we're going to steer clear of that. You know, there's a lot of opportunity where somebody could be shady and they could create a leak and then offer to fix it. So um, we'll be doing things like cleaning dryer vents, um, cleaning gutters. We just, over the years, we have so many people ask us if that's something, because we, we always do a mechanical room tour. It's like one of our big um, steps in our home inspection process is we take them down there and we educate them on, this is how you change this. This is how often you should do it. And we just always get people that are like, do you guys do this? Kind of stuff? <laughs> that's what I would ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um we're going to go into people's homes and offer a routine uh, or like a routine home maintenance plan consultation. And we would go around and look at everything in the house that requires um, a lot of people's refrigerators um, have water filters, but they don't know that yeah. or their, their clothes washer has a filter and they don't know that. So we'll go around the house and look at all those things and basically put together a, um, a report, if you will, and we design a plan where we come back quarterly. And on this trip, we're going to winterize your sprinkler system, um, clean your air conditioner and do you know these things. And then in three months, we're going to come back and do these things and et cetera. So I love this so, so much. Like, I can't tell you how much opportunity I think is here for this. Um, one from being an agent, from being a home buyer, uh, homeowner, and then just over the years, hearing all this feedback that the market is saying they want this and need this. And no, it's not a conflict of interest for those of you just tensing up and getting scared, <laughs> thinking like you're going to get, no, like it's not, it's just flat out not because these are things uh, every homeowner needs. Exactly. If they're even not anything that you don't know, if I say that in the spring, your AC needs to be clean, like who Duh. can argue? Yeah. Exactly. And millennials now, like we have to like 
adapt as an industry and I get so pumped and I'm already like, okay, how can we help you enable this with like subscription payments and kind of have right. that recurring billing um, through Spectora because this is, these are no brainers to me. I don't change my own furnace filter when I should, you know, and it's just like, I would pay for this in a heartbeat. <laughs> so funny. Cause people are always like, I bet you keep really you know, good maintenance on your house. And I was like, I've lived in this house for three years. <laughs> I've changed my furnace filter one time. So yeah, I almost messed up this year, blowed out the sprinkler. You know, it's like, there's all these things where I'm like, to me, easily pay whatever the number is like, uh, whether it's a hundred a month, 150 a month or something that smooths it out over time sure. to worry about those four or five, six events a year. So uh, let's talk more about this. I think you're absolutely onto something. I think this could be huge. Um, and this stops people from having to either Google it every time or go to a home advisor and find kind of someone they don't know or trust. That was the big thing. So I started talking to people cause I've been planning on this for about a year now. Mm -hmm. and research and kind of putting the, the system together. Um, but I talked to a lot of people and there were people that it, it's so hard to hire a contractor here. I'm sure it is, but it is it's insane. Um, they don't return phone calls. They don't show up or they're just not a trustworthy, you know, professional. So um, I think the last person that I talked to that was, I finally was like, okay, we're, we're doing this. We need to set a date. Um, they were like, well, yeah, it's so annoying. Like I have to find somebody to do my sprinkler system and then I have to find somebody to do my dryer vent and that it'd be so nice to have one person. And I was like, yeah. And we know homes so well that that's another thing is some of the contractors that we, um, just as every home inspector listening to this either has dealt with this or they will, but they'll write something up on a home inspection report and that contractor will say that they're wrong and that. They're hundred percent right. It's just a lot of contractors. They like some, so let's say a contractor that does water heaters. Well, they know how to put part A to part B and et cetera, but they don't think about the big picture. And sometimes they're not aware when you point out a problem, um, maybe something like building science related to where that's where I was just like, with our level of knowledge, um, we could just provide an amazing service to people and skip a lot of headaches. Yeah. Cause don't you think all those tasks we just mentioned, those are things most home inspectors probably know how to do. I would venture to guess to where it's not like you have to go find maybe a specialized, uh, you know, sprinkler contractor to do one thing. You know, I think like if you talk handyman home inspector, most of those tasks are trainable and right. scalable. That's what's so exciting to me about it. Cause you're not talking about doing HVAC or you're not talking about doing in-depth, you know, water heater installations. You're just talking about the basics that people hate to do and always forget to do. Right. Well, yeah. And that's the big thing is it's not that people, you know, are just neglecting their houses. People get busy, you know, mm -hmm. people have good intentions. And next thing you know, months have gone by and the gutters are overflowing and et cetera. So, um, my wife, we have two kids my wife's a realtor. She is super busy and yeah, we don't even change our own furnace filters. So. <laughs> the hard part with this probably is, is hiring. So if I, if I'm in the mind of a, of a home inspector, who's like, oh yeah, it's a great idea. I should do that. It's like, okay, do you hire someone W2 to just do this and then make a bet 
kind of on yourself that you can market it and get people to sign up? Or do you kind of contract it out to start till you get validation and then you bring someone in-house? Um, I'm trying to think of all the ways this could work. So one of the ways that we are making it work and one of the, the ways that we decided to pursue this, because uh, I'm an open book, um, all of my employees are salary. So mm-hmm. in the winter, you know, we obviously we're in a season, we're in Colorado. So we drop down significantly in the winter. So um, this is a way to help me keep people. Um, I've never had to lay anybody off, but that's not to say that it could never happen. So this is just another way to help um, bring in additional revenue during those slow months. So, but yes, if you had to hire somebody just to do this, it's going to be very tricky to bring on somebody until there's enough traction. So there's always that challenge, but that's how I was able to justify it is that all my employees are salary. Yeah. And I think home inspection profits can subsidize it. So if someone was willing to take a bet and say, okay, I'm going to forego 5% of profits every month to put into this in debt to this uh, venture to see if this can, mm-hmm. I can prove this out. I think that's a great bet to make. Cause it's not like you're trying to create something out of thin air. Um, yeah. I like this a lot. Let's talk, let's talk offline even more about, you know, cause you talk about scheduling, you know, when you sign people up for these kinds of things, like, I think it's stuff that a lot can be automated to help um, in terms of getting people scheduled to take the hassle out of it. Cause that's the whole goal is like, can we add enough value to where homeowners are like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Like Tom's got us covered. Like we're, we're scheduled. It's on my calendar. It just happens. Like right. that's how I want, that's how I would want it to work. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've thought the same thing. Awesome, man. Um, what else? Yeah. What else is interesting to you in the world? Um, you know, in the world of home inspections, kind of what you're observing or seeing, or, um, you said you're an IEB for a bit. I was, yeah, I recently stopped. I'm, I'm not good with the time commitments. Um, so I think IEB is amazing. I, I learned a lot, but I did recently, um, decide to, to let it go. But, um, I don't know. I mean, the home inspection, industry has came so far and I, I always hear people talk about porch and home depot and I don't follow that stuff too closely I know that uh it's kind of crazy because my inspector Sean and I were just talking yesterday about how I always think about like how photographers are going to be a thing of the past because the iPhone is <laughs> getting so ridiculous it takes amazing photos and like me I had I had planned on hiring a marketing person this year but then I discovered Canva and now I'm like well this is pretty easy I can do this yeah so I'm uh, always wondering like when is the thing gonna happen that's gonna be like well, I don't need home inspection so uh, it's a scary thing but I, I think we're safe I mean I think I, I listened to the podcast episode with you and Mike on there talking about how um, data I forget I forget how it was worded but could basically you send a drone or something through a house and could it do the home inspection for you and not in my lifetime I don't think I have to worry about it is it possible sure but uh I think we're safe for now I I agree um and like like trends with millennials are are in the industry's favor it's not like people are getting more savvy with handyman you know with being a handyman in the home and um I think if people are going the other direction where they're like, Hey, let technology take care of it. Or like, I don't want to deal with this stuff. The problem is there's just such a shortage of, 
I don't know if there's still a shortage of home inspectors. It's hard to tell. I don't know how crowded the market feels to you. Do you, are you seeing tons of competition pop up? I do. And I know a lot of people listening to this are probably people who have contacted me because I have people contact me every other day asking if they can um, shadow me. And I always say yes, but there are always people who are like, Oh, you know, I'm thinking about starting a home inspection company uh, to where it's, I just think it looks like, it, it looks like such a fun job. And <laughs> a lot of people are people who are following me on social media. And I think that they see how much fun I have. Cause I do, I love my job to death. I have so much fun doing it. And a lot of people see that and they're like, I should do that. Um, but it's hard. It is really hard to get into this. So um, there's, a, there's a ton of people that are trying to get into it, but I just don't think most of them are gonna stick around. Um, it, it would depend. We're in a, obviously, we're in a huge military area. Mm-hmm. We have four military bases near us. And there's a lot of people who are, were like I was when I got out who have a medical uh, retirement or a uh, you know, yeah. retirement. They have more wiggle room, like like me. I could I could not have pursued home inspection if I didn't have a retirement from the army. Um, so I think maybe in this area it's just more so because we yeah we just have so many people that have that cushion to fall back on, so they can pursue this. But that's an interesting point. I, I guess I've never I've I've known that's a dynamic, but I didn't put it in the context of that kind of a you know, almost saturates the market with those part-timers that sometimes can drag prices down, which is not good for, you know, which is not fun. Um, but they don't hang around as long because it, the ramp up, as you know, is brutal. Like to get to a hundred inspections is like the Holy grail. Sometimes it's like not many get there. Yeah. Um, I, it took me a year to do a hundred. Um, and it felt like a huge accomplishment. And now when I think of that, I'm like, <laughs> you do that might do that in a week or something <laughs> um, but i do i hear that all the time i hear people say like i don't need to do a lot of inspections because i have a retirement or i have a disability or whatever the case may be so i do think that we're super saturated here but i just don't know how it is everywhere else dude all these guys should go be a plumber and electrician or whatever because you can't you can't get any other type of contractor to do a job for you within a month or two there's huge shortages on that side in the trades. Right. Obviously it takes more schooling and more um, expertise, but gosh, the breadth of knowledge that a home inspector takes, um, I think people sleep on. They just think, oh yeah, I built, I built a house once and uh, yeah, I'm pretty handy. Yeah, you know, it's when we're talking about the industry and where things are going, I always think of how much technology is involved in home inspecting nowadays and um, it, it's really funny for me because we do have so many agents that used Lance before me, um, or clients who used Lance before me. And now we do, we have drones and we have thermal cameras and we have, <laughs> and, you know, continuous radon monitors and all this fancy stuff to where, um, it's crazy. First of all, that we still charge the same price as we did 10 years ago. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So aggravating, uh, I could talk about that all day, how much that bothers me, but um, yeah, the technology is so crazy. And, you know, Spectora, the, the reminders feature that you guys released, that has helped us so much to where we inspect so much more stuff because we have 
a little button that I just click. And now I have all this stuff that I can refer to, to where before I feel like a lot of inspectors were like, well, I can't be expected to, you know, cause right. it's true. You can't remember everything about everything. Um, the amount of stuff that we're required to know and the amount of stuff that we could know is just insane. But the level of home inspections is going up and up and up with technology. Um, and the reason I brought up the reminders things, because yeah, we are inspecting things that um, because we have it at our fingertip to be able to refresh us um, or uh, refer to or whatever, it's just crazy. The level of home inspections is going to get better and better. And it's funny because a, a lot of um, agents have kind of acted like we're um, almost have like an unfair approach. Like a listing agent will be like, well, that's not fair. You guys had a thermal camera <laughs> to where <laughs> it's only going to get worse as technology goes on. Like, uh, I don't know if you know what a zip level is, but that's a new thing I keep seeing home inspectors using where they're catching, you know, significant settlement and foundations with this fancy tool that nobody would have ever known about if they didn't have that fancy tool. So this is all great for the consumer agents might hate it, but like, it's ridiculous. It's got to, the level has to go up. And I think price, I want to see prices double, you know, I don't know if they will, but I'm trying to, I'm always trying to think of what needs to happen for people to accept kind of that you get what you pay for. And that this is an area, you know, I write articles, you know, every quarter or so to put out there and try and circulate, but it's the education just isn't there for most homeowners. Like it's an area people still want to skimp in. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Should it be like paid through different means or stretched out or subsidized somehow? I'm trying to just think of ways that people need to comfort up to say like, yeah, this probably is worth 500 bucks. Guaranteed it's worth 500 bucks or 600 or whatever. Um, I don't know how we solve that. That's education. I think every inspector out there needs to be blogging about this stuff, needs to be on YouTube talking about this stuff. That's how we do it collectively, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it's funny, a home inspector might lose a inspection, uh, lose a job to another inspector who was $25 cheaper. But, mm-hmm. you know, one defect, a single defect that could be found that the more expensive inspector found that the cheaper one didn't find, I mean, we're talking about like big ticket things. We're talking about like a leak or whatever that could cost tens of thousands of dollars. So it's, to me, it's just so silly to not just go with the most reputable person, the most credible person, et cetera, but people do it every day. They do. Um, and I don't know where we sit in kind of the world that's shifting around um, like data being a product and people accept, you know, the whole Facebook kind of exercise of it's a free thing, but you give them all your data and most people willingly know that now. And so like, I just, I wonder, you know, it's like you said, the porch thing going on, like, is that, is that something that's happening in our industry? Do we need to be aware of it? What should we be thinking about? You know, these are the things that keep me up at night sometimes of like, are prices going down, but then what's going to compensate you guys for if prices drop, say 5% on average a year or whatever, or if they rise five by 5%, like what, what factors into that? That's just fascinating to me. Sure. I agree. Cause if people are like, Hey, uh, who's going to help me maintain this house afterwards. It's like, could you give a slight discount on the home inspection because they're doing a home maintenance plan? Then you're kind of, you know, making sure 
you're growing and getting what you want, but then it, it feels better to the homeowner because it smooths out maybe the upfront payment or something. I don't know. Right. Absolutely. Just, just brainstorming here. It's just, I, I love that though. That's like what I'm most pumped about. I'm going to be thinking about that all day. <laughs> um, we got a couple minutes left. What else, what else is on your mind? What else, uh, what else has been going well, going poorly? Um, um, dude, the marketing stuff props for that. That's, that's exciting. Um, I'll, I'll have to scan through your social media accounts and I'll link to them in the description too. So everyone can check them out and follow. Yeah. Thanks. I, uh, I really, um, we started making YouTube videos to, for training purposes, mainly, um, in order to streamline get, getting an inspector through training, we were making videos on how to inspect a garage and how to inspect a kitchen and things like that. And that's kind of where it started. But then we started making videos on how to, you know, best use our Spectora template and how to, um, just everything, how to maintain the, it's funny because we always hear like really common misconceptions. So then I was like, and it, it drives me nuts. Um, so we, I was like, we made a list of all the misconceptions that we hear every day that are not true, but we hear them by realtors. Like for instance, realtors tell clients all the time. And then the clients call us and they're like, well, my realtor said, I don't need a radon test because this house doesn't have a basement. And I'm always like, oh, I want to crush that so bad. So yeah, we made a video to address that. And of course, not everybody's going to see it, but it, it'll help a little bit. And that's worth it to me. Can you send me that list? I'll, I'll, I'll put out an article. I'll, I'll reword it so we're not writing the same article. But um, I just want to keep putting out these educational pieces for agents and home buyers because honestly, if we can make all of our lives easier, get in front of people, like that's what it's all about. So I'd love to hear that list. I asked a question on the user group the other day of like, what are three things you wish homeowners knew? Because I want to start putting this content out there and getting in front of people. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's frustrating to me because, you know, we'll not do as many radon tests because agents are giving out bad information. But I'm also always like, what if that client decides to get a radon test afterwards say somebody, a home inspector, somebody talks them into getting one after closing and it comes back high. I would think you're, that agent's probably liable for that and should probably be buying them a, a radon mitigation system. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to make everybody more knowledgeable to help everybody, the home buyer, the agent, et cetera. So um, that's where our YouTube channel kind of came in, but uh, it's really fun. It's something I really enjoy. So. I love it. It's another means of communication. And I think the more we, you got, you guys communicate with agents, the more comfortable they feel in trusting you guys and not, not being the stereotypical, you know, kind of bad agent that wants to hide things or tell people not to get a test because it could make the deal fall through. You know, that's a whole nother topic is their incentive structure and the way they're incented to want to sandbag the home inspection, honestly, because it, it's a, it's a place where the deal could fall through. Right. And they have to, like, it's to me, there's just so many ethics involved in that and being an agent. Um, yeah, we could probably rant on that for an hour. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool, man. I got to jump. Um, this is outstanding. Thank you so much for telling the story. Um, I think this is going to be a hit for sure, but I'll, uh, I'll send you all the links and all the good stuff and we can share it with everybody and uh, go from there. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. 
All right, brother. Have a good day, man. And uh, have a good rest of your week. All right. You too. All right. Later.